Well, here we are, my friend. And if there's any justice in this world, (laughs) that makes me laugh. One of my audio engineering teachers used to say that all the time because in the studio, you never know if what you plugged in is actually going to emit any sound. (laughs) So when we we were putting together signal chains, he would always say, if there's any justice in this world, and then hit play or record, but there isn't. (laughs) Let's just be real, real clear about that, or at least in this super fun world we've created. But if there's any justice in this world for the sake of this story, this is episode 33 and the last of my season one, you know, everything podcast. And that's really fucking cool. I'm super excited. And I'm going to wrap it up with kind of the whole crux of the matter. And I started, I think one of my very first episodes was called Invaluable values because I use values to really filter everything and really keep me on track, help me stay in alignment, and also give me a good kick up the ass if it's time to refresh my values because I do think they change. Now, the value of values can absolutely be measured in money. Money is unfortunately the most obvious metric in our colonialist, capitalist, United States of America, not so much in other much more evolved places in the world. But for the most part, we all tend to tie everything down into a monetary value, right? And one of the things that happens in business is we define our success, our momentum, our growth, our expansion by money. So sure, money is the metric for value, quite literally financial value. But what if you're not doing it for the money? And if you're listening to this, like, sure, we might all have champagne dreams and caviar tastes, but money is a tool. It is a resource. It gives us access. And you're probably not doing it for the money. I don't actually think anybody is because... Well, there's a few like, yeah, I definitely know some people who are completely driven by the dollar, but what they're doing, like what they need is security. What they want is the things that money gives them access to, right? Or the perceived access. And this is sort of a very long-winded introduction. But what I want to talk today about are your money values, the values tied up in money. And why I think it's really important to understand how this kind of relates back to your values in general but how you can really use money as a tool. It's just zeros and ones, my friend. And if it's anything other than that, there's a lot of opportunity for you. And so as I go through this, notice your triggers, notice where you feel bad, notice where you feel angry, notice where you feel hard done by, notice where you want to blame people, notice where you shoulda, woulda, coulda. All of those things are huge opportunities for you. I used to do a workshop all about our money stories to help people transform where they're at right now using the seven levels of money, which I talk a lot about in the anti-business school, but it's like the seven levels of energy that I, I get into with the energy leadership index as well. You can really use that to relate to everything, but anytime you're feeling that level one or two, the victim, the poor me, the apathy, the overwhelm, you know, if you're one of those people that never looks at their bank accounts or finds yourself always overspending or hates budgeting or gets shitty if someone doesn't pay their invoice on time or feels shitty if you don't pay an invoice on time, like all of that is tied up into a story. So just notice your stories as you're listening to this, okay? Because the only thing I'm trying to do in this entire and everything that I do 
is empower you. That's why I'm obsessed with business. It's kind of why I'm obsessed with money. Don't get me wrong. I definitely have my greeting, greeting, <laughs> hoarding, greedy approach. Cause like at one point there wasn't any and I wasn't sure how things were going to get paid. And I, I didn't know how to keep the businesses going and the cash flow moving and everything accounted for. And so, yeah, I would squirrel things away and feel guilty about that. And it was just this huge spiral. I worked on those fucking stories a lot. And that's, that's all I'm trying to create here is an opportunity for you to do the same, to empower yourself, to empower your business so that everybody is growing, not just in success or wealth or abundance or prosperity, but mainly in freedom. That's one of the things that money really, really gives you access to is freedom. Now, don't get me wrong. You have all of the freedom you could ever possibly dream of wanting more right now in this very moment. But, uh, you have a little argument for me if something popped up <laughs> saying, no, I don't. Well, I can't do this any other. That's a story. That's one of your money stories. So we're going to get into like how to really hone in on that and ways I don't want to like say to how to like to deconstruct, but to really focus like what it is you're using money for. For me, it's freedom, fun, flow. And by flow, like money helps me employ the team and the systems and, you know, invest in the tools and resources I need to allow myself to flow. When money is just simply a means of creation, of exchange, of sharing, of supporting, like it's an energetic yes. Like your body's like, fuck yeah, like money. Let's talk about it. Like, what do you want to charge? Like, how much should I charge you? Like, what am I going to price that at? Like, it's it's just a completely different ballgame than if you're feeling bad about what you need to charge, let alone what you want to charge or what you deserve to charge or what you think your products are worth. It's just zeros and ones. It is not an emotional construct. The only thing that is emotional about money is you. If you want to turn your dreams into reality, money is probably going to play a part in that, right? And for you, there is a pattern. There is order in the chaos. And so even if it feels like money's always escaping you, or there's never enough, or you have no control over it, like that in and of itself is a pattern. And something to ask yourself as well is, do you believe you can change in an instant? That was something I realized I am uh, very lucky to have experienced and then simply embraced from a young, young age. If you think everything has to be super hard work or has to take a really long time, or you have to like sit in your shadow shit for ages to like work it out, there's an opportunity there. I'm not saying everything can change in an instant, (laughs) or maybe I am. So also something just before I get into like the nitty gritty of it, I want to explore because I I definitely have this conversation with a lot of people and I I grew up with first generation. I watched my parents, well, my dad especially, like come from fucking nothing and count pennies and come from like mega amounts of debt for having put himself through school into like creating an incredible amount of abundance and prosperity for his whole family, let alone himself. So I watched people around me as we moved from, we didn't ever live in like a bad neighborhood. I have lived in really, really bad neighborhoods, but like we lived in like rural, like middle of fucking nowhere. 
And as the the property values increased, so did what I noticed, like a sense of entitlement. And that's the other thing is like, what do you think you deserve in terms of these zeros and ones? Like what are your expectations in time? When you think about debt or debt strategies or how much you even worry about or focus on your debt, I know so many people who spend crazy amounts of time worrying about their student debt or crazy amounts of time worrying about their credit card debt. But I had one client who was going through divorce and realized that he was overspending like 30 grand a month between his mortgage, his car payment, his credit card payments, like just the lifestyle he had grown really accustomed to. Then he was completely freaking out. And we put together a debt plan. And that was one month. And then one month later, he was willing to do some stuff that not everybody is. Like He started driving for Lyft and he cut up four of his credit cards and he refinanced on his home. Like He fucking went to work. But one month later, he was in the positive by $3,000 a month. And he couldn't believe it. Like he just, he couldn't believe how quickly he could turn it around. Um, A very, very close friend of mine was, I think she was somewhere, she was like an 80 grand worth of credit card debt. And she just was ignoring it. You know, she was spending whatever she needed to spend. She wasn't looking at the bills. She wasn't checking her bank account. Like she called me one day to just help her go through all of her, just the things she'd been literally throwing into a paper bag into her closet. And there were lots of paper bags, my friend. And we looked at it and, you know, and I just looked at like tallied up just like her monthly expenses. And she was actually living within her means on a month to month basis. The debt had just stacked up. And then when she realized she was in $80,000 worth of debt, she freaked out and she didn't know how to get on top of it. But the reality is, is when we looked at it, she was on top of it. And so it was just about like living within her means and not using her credit card and then paying off more than the monthly minimum payment. It's no coincidence that both these stories about credit cards, but like sometimes I use, I've used debt to leverage my business and my lifestyle several times. It's, but like, I don't freak out about it. I think that debt is a strategy, not a ball and chain. And these other instances, these people freaked out. And that's what I talk a lot about with that, like level one, level two energy it's compounding. And then suddenly like you're looking for problems and you're focusing on debt. And that's like getting back to like the whole point of this little conversation is entitlement. Like one of the things that happens is we feel like we deserve something. We're entitled to something. Something should take a certain amount of time or should cost a certain amount of money or again, whatever it is, but money is just zeros and ones. It's very simple subtraction and addition. And when you take a look at it, another exercise that I'll often do with people is like literally just have them check their bank account every day. And at first it can bring up a lot of stuff, which we work through. But then what happens is it's like, it starts to become like brushing your teeth. And especially in business, you'll notice that your account can go up and down wildly, especially if you're doing the profit first system, like I talk about on the 10th of the month, like all your money comes in and you are fucking flush. And then on the 25th of the month, you pay all your bills. If you're running payrolls far out, man, like you'll start to realize it's like getting on the scale every day. That number goes up and down. It doesn't really mean a lot. And actually like the amount of money you have at the bank account, again, kind of depending on how you manage your finances, doesn't really mean shit. Like looking at 
your profit and loss and your balance and like your cash flow and your profitability, that calculator that I, I have for everybody, that stuff is really telling. But like, okay, I'm going to wrap this one up because I've been on all of the tangents. Understanding your sense of entitlement. Where do you resent? Where do you blame? Where do you feel hard done by? Where do you feel trapped? Where do you feel like this shouldn't take so long? Any story you're telling yourself that doesn't feel good, that is anything other than empowering, might be coming from a little bit of entitlement and like no judgment. This is all just super, super helpful information. It's all about like what you can do to rectify. And so from there, what I want to do is kind of get into what I call like your money values. And here's the thing. So your values can be applied to like any major part of your life that is a value. So you can have your relationship values or your health values or your leadership values or your business values, or your personal values, so on and so forth, right? But like, what is the criterion? How do you figure it out? In the Unvaluable Values episode, there's just a massive list. I always recommend the one Brene Brown has because it's just a PDF online that just like lists out a bunch of values. So you can like circle your top 20 and then you can kind of like distill them down into a few. I always use the example of adventure because adventure is one of my top four values. And to me, adventure, like a lot wraps up into that. Spontaneous, open to challenges, open to growth, growth mindset, experimental, experiential, that's the other word I was going for there. Willing to try new things, perseverance, tenacity. Those are all values, but to me is what adventure really encapsulates. So with things like relationships or your business or your health, it's all going to be a little different. Your money is pretty freaking obvious though. And so when I look at my money values, mine aren't that different than my business values. Hold on. I'm going to pull them up really quick. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reveal the big reveal of my values will happen once I kind of go through this little like questionnaire thing. Because it's interesting, I updated them recently. So my top four values in general, I talk about this a lot, excellence, adventure, authenticity, and fun. And so when I went through this exercise and I discovered my money values, that was really helpful for the last couple of years. But then I realized like I really like this idea of fun and play kind of like I think everything wraps up into that, the freedom, the excellence, the adventure, the authenticity. I always say fun is my number one. It's super fucking cheesy, but it's super true. So I kind of reevaluated my money values through like if I put on like my fun glasses, <laughs> look through them. So anyhow, I, I digress, drink. I give credit where credit's due. This exercise was kind of kind of inspired by Lacey Phillips from To Be Magnetic. But it was more like permission because I have always used values as my filter. And then I started to distill my values down into different areas of my life that are super, super important to me to, again, enable me to make impactful, powerful decisions very quickly. And to also help me let things go, especially in relationships, loyalty is huge for me. That kind of means that like I can hang on to something past its due date, right? So when I became familiar with her perspective on money values, I just realized like, oh, this is totally a thing. And so some of these questions are definitely inspired from her, but also like they're what you would go through with a financial planner or wealth management or a personal budget. So with that, 
go through some of these questions. And I have a whole module on this in the anti-business school. I also have lead a whole workshop on this. So if you want some worksheets, text me 720-704-4865 or get on my website. I think one of my lead magnets is um, the this money values worksheet from the actual workshop that I used to do. So it'll go through the seven levels of energy and relationship to money, what level you're at, what stories you tell yourself, so on and so forth. But anywho, so like, firstly, what do you spend your money on? Write it all down. If you're not great at budgeting, this will be kind of a really cool way for you to think about what you spend your money on. But what it's also going to show you is what's important to you. And you might see some things on there that actually aren't very important to you that will be a fantastic way for you to take some of the energy out of. Like budgeting can often feel like punishment or like we're limiting ourselves. If you look at your bank statement and credit card bill for just even a week, let alone a month, you might see like you're spending, like my partner spends a fuck ton of money on fast food. And he always tells himself it's cheaper and quicker and easier than just like going to the store and cooking. But then when you look at how much he's spending, it's like, no, it's fucking not, brother. <laughs> like, that's just a fun story you're telling yourself. What do you spend most of your money on? What, like, if you were saving money or are saving money, what are you saving for? What are your goals? And even if you're not, like, if you could save, if you could set something aside, like what would you love to have? What are those like big pie in the sky things? Like maybe it's a five-star vacation or a home or a vacation home or a fancy car or like a vintage car or a, I don't know. Like those are the first things I can like list off a million hundred things that you might want to spend your money on, but you know, things you don't have that you want. And then what is your definition of security, but just in terms of money? Is it a certain amount in the bank? Is it a certain amount coming through every month? I actually work on this with my clients. Like most of the time people need an emergency fund. Some people call it like a fuck you fund. (laughs) I look at it for me, it's six to 12. It's actually, I have 12 months because I've worked for myself for so long. And believe me, I have seen it all in my 20 plus years of self-employment. So I I honestly have 12 months worth of my basic needs in a savings account. And like a lot of wealth people will tell you that is not effective cash management and they are correct. Having that much cash is just a diminishing asset, but that's, that's what works for me. That's what gives me the security I need to be able to like also be a crazy bitch in my day to day. For a lot of my artists and creatives, it's actually a certain amount of money coming in every month. So they need to know they can take care of their basic needs so then they can dedicate everything else outside of that time and energy to their art. So this then kind of translates into the next things. Like what are your basic expenditures, whether it's rent or mortgage, gas, insurance? What are the things you need to quite literally survive? And then what is everything else? I try not to actually create budgets off of survival. That's just not very inspiring, right? If you're like just working to cover your basic fucking needs, it's like you're not going to be really excited about waking up every morning and doing the damn thing. But if you're working to cover like everything you love and desire in your day to day, um, it's a really great way to get your ass out of bed in the morning. So yeah, look at like your basic needs. And then like, if you were living the life you wanted to be living every day, like quite literally, what would you be spending? 
And on what? Like on what? So detail that out. Like maybe instead of the like $19 Planet Fitness membership, you have the $120 like yoga membership and the 10 class pack at the spin studio and (laughs) the Peloton app. I don't know. Like that was kind of a ridiculous example, but that might go into the desires as then wants as opposed to the needs. Another question is that old adage, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? How would you, what describe your ideal day? I talk a lot about the ideal day, but detailing that out will actually give you a really great idea on what's important to you and what you want to spend, like what you want to invest your money in, I should say. And then what do you spend most of your time thinking about? When you're daydreaming, when you're fantasizing, when you're like scrolling on socials and being like, oh, I wish dot, dot, dot. Like this is actually your opportunity to indulge that. So there's a couple more questions, but just for the sake of this podcast um, and this episode, that's plenty. And those answers, just like that list of values from Brene Brown, those answers are going to give you a really great insight into what you both spend your money on and want to invest in. I use the word invest very purposefully and intentionally because again, you might see some things there that are not actually what you want to be spending on or investing in. So as an example, when I looked, when I sort of went through the the full on version of this, I noticed what I what I invest in is expansion, investment, abundance and leadership. So I spend a lot of money on my growth, my mentors, the tools and resources I have available to me, the level of support that I get between like energy work and therapy and personal trainer and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. All of those to me help me be a better leader. They help me stay in in the energetics of expansion. I also invest a lot of my money in property. I have an actual like investment business. And this is an example recently for obvious reasons, if anyone's been paying attention to 2021, like crypto has become a new obsession for me. And so I have invested not just in crypto, but in my learning and communities and mentorships. That was just me going through that same, those same few questions and a couple more and noticing like, this is what I invest my money in. But then at the beginning of this year, actually, I kind of went through like this massive contraction in February and I was looking for clarity. I was looking for inspiration. I was looking to really bring back play into my day-to-day because I, I, I love working, but my work really, really, really needs to feel fun and inspiring for me. And so I put this exercise through the fun glasses and <laughs> the new answer for my money values is freedom, business, spiritual growth, and beauty. And that gave me full permission, my friends. I felt a little limited. Like I felt a little sparse in those previous values, the expansion, investment, abundance, and leadership. So freedom, meaning if I want to hire a personal assistant because I'm a complete disaster when it comes to emails in my calendar, I fucking can. And if that means like I'm taking off a little bit the top from somewhere else. That is okay. Like I feel really great about that decision. Remember, we use our values to help us make better decisions, or I shouldn't say better decisions that are more in alignment with what we're trying to, what we are creating. See me catching myself on my words. Um, business. I invest a fucking lot into my business, and I do it with the profit first system. So it's all it's always sustainable. 
But like, I'm also going to allow myself to do that without question. I'm going to empower people in my businesses to be able to make decisions that grow the business. Spiritual growth. My friends, I have like, I've gone down the rabbit hole. There is some crazy shit going on behind the scenes, which season three is going to be all about. Season two is going to be a fun little, I'm calling it the liminal space. It's going to, it's going to get fucking weird. (laughs) When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. My favorite quote from Hunter S. Thompson. And then beauty. Because beauty is, again, it's not like, like I love my lotions and potions, don't get me wrong, but like things where I invest my money helps me feel beautiful. All of those other things, fun, business, spiritual growth, like when I feel beautiful on the inside, like I emulate expansion and growth and beauty on the outside. And it's not even about aesthetics for me. It's about like investing in like local, sustainable, slow fashion, ethically made fashion. It's about investing in the communities that I like want to walk around in. It's about donating and giving to artists and artist communities and supporting people on Patreon. Like that makes me feel like a beautiful human. So anywho, I felt like I maybe needed to overjustify the beauty part. That's interesting. Something for me to work on. So now that you've got your list of money values, all you need to worry about is doing 1% better each day. That's going to be over 365% better each year. And that is compounding, my friend. That is exponential growth. So it's not about like beating yourself up because you overspent or beating yourself up because you're investing in something that's actually not a part of your values metric anymore. Each day is a growth opportunity. And just notice, like, how does it feel when you invest in something that isn't part of your values? What if you have to know it, you have to choose it, you have to believe it before you see it? Money is part of this crazy fucking virtual reality game we're all playing. When people are are out of alignment. Like you can fucking feel it. And that's why it feels inauthentic to you. That's why like the judgment or the cringe creeps in. First things first, who the fuck, what, it doesn't fucking matter what anybody else is doing. If someone wants to live their life looking like a Kardashian or looking like Steve Jobs or like looking like some fucking raging hippie living in the Amazon, like so be it. All the best to them. If for whatever reason, what they're doing affects you, like, check yourself. If you are living your values, if you're investing in what makes you feel amazing, like, that's it. When you've got a vision for where you're growing to and you're living every day, like that vision is now because it is, it's inevitable. And no, that does not mean like go buy the fucking designer handbag if you can't afford it yet, but like put that picture on your fucking phone and think about like, yay, it's going to make me feel amazing when I have it. If that's your jam, if that makes you want to throw up all over the place because it was made with leather from some commercially farmed animal, then like go find a local community activist group that you can participate in or donate towards or both. Do you boo? Let others be them. That's like true abundance is allowing everybody to do their thing. The distraction of actually shitting all over yourself or shitting all over somebody else, like everybody else is shitting all over, but (laughs) yeah, that's a distraction. 
that is where you are investing energy into something that is not a part of your values, unless like hardcore judging people is one of your values, which I, that's probably weird. And I don't think you're actually listening to this because you're not my people. Um, but like that was definitely a fucking habit of mine that I had to call myself out on. And, you know, like seriously, everyone, everyone has full permission to do whatever the fuck they need to do. Obviously, as long as they're not actively hurting other people, like don't like let's use our like discretion here and where I'm going with all of this. But the point being, if you are experiencing a problem or something that doesn't feel good or shitty, that is your opportunity to change your response to it, your filter for it. And, or maybe you just need to update your values. That's where beauty was a big thing for me. And clearly I still like have some embodiment to do around that. (laughs) I had a lot of judgment and vanity and superficiality and like blah, blah, blah tied up with it. But when I look at what I spend my money on, like I said, a gym membership, a physical trainer, eating healthy, all natural, cruelty, blah, 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 blah. Clearly beauty is a part of my value system. So rather than feel bad about it or deny it, I'm going to fucking embrace it. I'm working on it clearly. So I'm going to wrap this up. Get your mind right. Definitely, definitely been jibber jabbering about that for a minute. Write down your thoughts. Speak them out loud. Listen to people who inspire you and empower you. Share this podcast. Just kidding. Not really. Get outside. Support things that you believe in. Be a part of what you want to see more of in this world. Choose your news. Choose your truths, my friend. It's all just fucking information. So are your thoughts. You get to choose what you tune into. A little bit of structure. That's where these values come in. I'm not telling you to create a budget. I'm just saying if fun, business, spiritual growth, and beauty are a part of your values list and people want to go to the Heart Attack Cafe for like a $100 dinner, like I'm probably going to opt out of that. I've actually been opting out of a lot of dinners recently because they don't really fall into my list. Now, if they're super fun with a bunch of super fun people and we're going somewhere new and supporting a small business, like, cool, I'm here for it. But there's a lot of just obligatory going out that I'm noticing is just not my jam. So I'm not doing it anymore. That's using my values to give me some structure to support me, helping me discover new options and opportunities for growth. And that's this micro or macro approach, going through your values, using that to start to to help you filter in terms of your decisions and stay in alignment macro. Micro is like day-to-day, like looking at your cash flow, the bills that need to get paid, your plans for the week, tuning into it moment to moment, day by day, how does this feel? Where am I out of trust? That's when we're trying to create a bunch of wealth and abundance and we're raising our prices or we're, we're investing a fuck ton more into our businesses, fear is going to come up. Shame is going to come up. The most like amazingly wealthy people, and I'm just using wealthy and money because that's what we're talking about. There's still some of these tendencies in them. And as long as you're, they're turning them into something that's empowering, they know they're fucking cheap. They know they're always going to count pennies. So they know they're going to go through like the itemized receipt at the end of dinner. They're not going to be the people that everybody just splits the tab. Like that's fine. That's totally them. Those are like the little micro details, right? And so just notice when things like that come up, are you doing it because you're fucking double Virgo and super obsessed with details? Or are you doing it because you're afraid somebody else is going to be paying a little bit less or a little bit more? And that's not fair. And you have this whole story around it, right? 
And the last thing that I want to leave you with in terms of money is so often we tie up money with security and security is an illusion. And when we get too comfy, we can get restless. We can use money in ways that are very, very emotional, right? So whether we're reacting out of fear because we feel insecure, we're afraid we don't have the security we desire, or we're like acting crazy because we think we have so much security and we've got more than we could possibly need. Both are just coming from a false narrative. Explore security. Why does a a stack of bills at the bank make you feel more or less secure? What if that disappeared? You know, this is sort of the opposite of that question of if you had all the money in the world, what would you be doing day to day? What if all of your money disappeared? How would you be able to find security? What does security really mean to you? And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's probably going to have some type of a dollar amount in it. But if that's true, then why aren't you doing everything in your power to give yourself that and, and honor that as in like, You don't dip into those savings for any fucking reason. There's no right or wrong answers. Like this isn't about judgment. This is just simply about exploration because when you get clearer on those answers, all of this is going to fall into place and you will feel completely in control, not like in control of your money as in like, you know exactly how much you're spending and what's in your bank account, blah, blah, blah. But this idea that money is currency, I'm sure you've heard the woos all going on about it because it's fucking true. Like it is an energy We literally call it currency, current, right? It is in constant flow. There are trillions of gajillions. My uh, favorite human in the world introduced me to the term Googleplex. (laughs) And like, if you get into the crypto metaverse, I mean, if you read talking to my daughter about the economy, if you read that book, it really takes you back to like the origins of capitalism. Like money is completely fucking made up, like literally. It is a bunch of dudes at banks, and I'm sure there's some women and everybody in between in there, probably not many of them, that are just putting zeros and ones in in fields, in sheets, in computers. It's fucking make-believe. If it influences your security in any way, firstly, that's totally fine. You have full permission, but then really dial in why. Where does this come from? What's the story you're telling yourself? How much do you really need? What is enough? How would you live your life if you had enough? Can you choose to feel that in this moment? Play with that. You'll hear a lot of wealth coaches and abundance coaches tell you to go to a five-star hotel and work from their lobby for the day, or you know, go to designer shops as if you're going to buy the clothes, and or go drive around super rich neighborhoods. They're not doing that so that you can like play dress up. They're doing that so that you can look around and say, there's a billion dollars worth of property just on this street, right? All around me right now, there's billions of dollars circulating. That's the energy of money. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And when you can tap into your own ability to flow with it without resistance, whether you have all of it or none of it, everything will change. Because again, money is not emotional. You are. And you are in complete control of your emotions. This is meant to be empowering. So again, if I hurt your feelings, if I triggered you, if I freaked you out, or hopefully I just gave you some really amazing food points, food foods for thought. (laughs) 
points for that. There's a reason I was able to lead a three-day fucking workshop on this. And yeah, I have, like I said, I have, I have a whole module on it. And it's also a reason that no one ever wants to talk about any of this shit. Like I have to drag my clients kicking and screaming into their bank accounts to see like what the real numbers are. And two, don't get me wrong. Totally, totally been through all of the things, right? Yeah. Our money stories are really entertaining, but I will let you go with that. I've probably pushed you to the brink on this one. And thank you so much. I can't even believe we got here. I'm really hoping this is 33. I was aiming for that. I kind of can't believe I did it. And I can't wait to see where this goes. Season two, all about the woo and find me on social at the BZ channel, NicoleBZ.com. Text me 720-704-4865. Text me questions. I would love to answer your money questions. It's my favorite. The actual, um, the first money episode was inspired by people's questions. So yeah, it's my jam. I'm not sure actually how much time I'm going to take. I think there's going to be a little bit of a break. So I'll just catch you on the flip side. All the best. Be good. Be good.